is the first part of the third podcast on the basics of software engineering course and we're going to have a bit of format change with these podcasts so from now on we are not going to have an interview but we're going to have the whole lecture recorded and for this first part Mario Kauppinen is going to tell us about requirements engineering good morning today Petri and myself, we hope that we can create interesting lecture about requirements engineering. A couple of words about my, my background. I'm a, I'm a software engineer. I used to work in industry for 10 years, uh, doing coding, designing, uh, re uh, defining requirements, uh, project management, and also process improvement. About 15 years ago, I became really interested in uh, requirements engineering. And I, I wanted to understand this uh, area of software uh, engineering um, deeply. And that's why I became a researcher. So the, for, for the last 10 years, we have done uh, applied research with uh, around 15 Finnish companies and Petri today will present one of our industrial partners and the idea is that first I try to uh, I give you an overview about requirements engineering based on the requirements engineering literature and also based on our experience working with different Finnish companies. And the idea is that after this lecture, this session, you will get an overview what requirements engineering can mean in practice. And hopefully, some of you will be so interested in requirements engineering that you want to be a requirements engineer in practice. So there is a big demand in industry at the moment, persons who are capable to apply requirements engineering methods. So if you have any questions, comments, please ask them. We hope that, that you, you can uh, get uh, information and knowledge about requirements engineering based on your existing experience. And that's why I, I would like to ask, how many of you have been involved in defining requirements in practice. Great, especially I try to give. So um, perhaps if I, if I ask what kind of experiences you have, so how do you, is it possible to define what requirements engineering means in practice? What, what kind of work have you been doing? background literature research about what would be required of uh, such early warning systems or disaster warning systems, whether this uh, warning would be sent to graphical mobile phones. And uh... all right, that's that's very good. So quite often, especially in the past, uh, when when we, we didn't get any good training 
uh, at the university. For example, myself, when I studied, I, I didn't get any information how to define requirements. Uh, uh, the answer was here that you have done a literature review, try to find out what, what, what are the good ways to define requirements, the so early warning system in mobile phones. <coughs> All right, so if I can disturb you over there, you hide your, raise your hand as well. So what are your experiences in, in requirements definition or? I've been working with some customers doing this, uh, going through their uh, use cases, how they uh, would want some program to work, and then doing some definitions, definitions and uh, different requirements, and this kind of things. Great. So this is another view, and we will come up later, how these use cases can work, and, uh, and especially the one key point you, you mentioned is working with customers. That, that is one of the key essential part of requirements engineering. So if I summarize, after this session, hopefully you understand, you get an idea what on earth and why on earth uh, software engineers should and software companies, the Finnish companies should invest in requirements engineering. And here is the agenda of, of this first part of the session. Uh, uh, especially, I hope that we can concentrate on what kind of, what does the word term concept requirement means. It can be very confusing, especially in practice. People have very different views what requirement means in practice. And then what we have been doing with the companies these Finnish companies, we have focus on uh, good practices. So this part of the, the session hopefully gives you an idea what are the good practices you can apply in practice. And later then, Petri will tell how they apply good practices in, in their company. All right. Here is the high-level, very simple overview. What does uh, uh, what requirements engineering means? So this is based on the existing literature, and when we discussed just a while ago with Petri, these uh, terms are not uh, often used in in practice. So quite often, requirements management is used instead of requirements engineering in many companies. But in, in requirements engineering literature, they want to define this word engineering to show that this is very important part of software engineering. And I will later show you why we use the word engineering instead of management. So uh, here you can see that we have this requirements definition. So it means that we try to define requirements, and then when we have defined them, we tr uh, try to keep track of them. So requirements management is one of uh, the high-level concept that means change management and sta status tracking. And what we have found out with our company, uh, industrial partners, that acceptance testing is very critical. There is a very important link with requirements engineering and acceptance testings. And that's why this is something special. You won't see this in the existing literature 
at the moment that this acceptance testing is seen as a part of requirements engineering. But the reason why we want to highlight this is that you can actually save a lot of time and efforts if you companies try to and combine those two activities more closely to each other. So here is then one of the definitions for requirements engineering. First of all, it talks about discovering, documenting and maintaining requirements. So there are activities you, you have to do and this engineering, as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, it means that uh, uh, companies are supposed to use systematic and repeatable techniques. Quite often, we can find projects that people actually do it based on their intuition in an ad hoc way. And especially my background, what I have learned that when I started doing software engineering work, it was very difficult to understand how to define requirements. And if the company have already applied, has already applied good practices, why not use them? So that is the idea that actually the company can learn, people can learn from each other, use the same good uh, practices. And then I would like to highlight those three words, complete, consistent and relevant. Especially 10 years, 10, 15 years ago, most of the requirements engineering work was guided by the goal defining requirements completely. And this is something that has changed a lot. So recently, uh, actually, several years ago, many companies realized that uh, they, they don't have enough time and resources for defining requirements completely. And actually, it can be, in a way, waste of time. Uh, we followed up a couple of projects that spent a huge <coughs> amount of time on requirements, defining requirements, and the whole project was delayed. So this is something I, I'd like to warn you, that quite often, uh, if you hear about traditional uh, requirements engineering methods, it is blamed as uh, aiming at large amount of documentation, but that is not the purpose of, of requirements engineering. Depending on the project and depending on the company, you, can, you have to find a good level of requirements engineering, not focusing complete requirements definition, uh, specification. Uh, based on our experience, what we like to uh, highlight is that the purpose of requirements engineering is to ensure that products, systems satisfy user and customer needs. That's the key point. So that's why when you said that you work with customers. That's the key. key. And in addition to that, I will later emphasize also that it's important to see the business perspective of the company. And we as a software engineer, we like to 
technical innovations, technical uh, things. So this is something I hope that you will remember when you leave this lecture hall. Satisfying customer and user need, providing value for them. That's the main, main idea of requirements engineering. Here is then a, a bit more detailed overview of the requirements engineering. So there are activities, first of all, here in, in requirements mm, definition. And these are the uh, terms may, mostly used in literature, requirements engineering literature. In companies, you probably won't see exactly this word. Uh, words. For example, this elicitation, it's, it's many uh, of, of our industrial partners say that it's very difficult word to understand. But the background for this term is that when the requirements engineering researchers started their work about 20 years ago, uh, actually more than that, but that time it, this term requirements engineering was introduced. And this uh, community, research community, wa was established. They find out at, that word gathering gave wrong impression. <coughs> so they, you can't just gather requirements. So the elicitation means in a way that you have to discover there are hidden needs and customers and users are not able to express their needs and requirements quite often. That is the problem. Petri will, will mention this thing, I, I, I think, in his presentation as well. So that is one of the challenges in, uh, in requirements engineering areas. Then we have usually a lot of uh, needs. We have to analyze them. And then we decide which features we like to implement in our next version or in our product. So that's why we have to document, represent those requirements uh, in a good way. We will show you, actually, you mentioned already one good way to uh, document requirements that those are use cases. And then we have validation. So there are different practices how to validate that those requirements are well enough, good enough, well, well defined. And then I already mentioned about the requirements management. It covers the change management and status tracking. And this is now the preliminary results of our research that we have been doing recently. So the acceptance testing, it looks like that they are, we can divide those practices in two ways. Companies that use um, agile methods seem to apply collaboration-based practices. They seem to have very close cooperation. They communicate a lot. And some companies are uh, those kind of uh, working in are doing business in those kind of contexts that they just can't rely on communication and collaboration. And that's why they still use documents. And they docu actually document. Uh, probably they don't all use documents, but they document requirements in, a, in somehow. And for example, Petri will mention about that some uh, in their company, they, will use, they use requirements engineering tools. 
to document the requirements. But today, uh, my, says, uh, my part is focusing on requirements definition. Petri will tell also about change management. And, and I, I think this slightly, you slightly cover testing as well. So this is something that requirements engineering literature highlights why it is important to uh, do uh, define requirements well. First of all, it's an agreement. It's, it is really an agreement uh, between customers and suppliers. It's especially nowadays, many com companies subcontra have subcontractors, and that, that has highlighted the importance of requirements engineering. I remember my first, one of my first projects. I was responsible for defining requirements, and we didn't have enough resources in our uh, company. So we uh, uh, actually hired a subcontractor. And I, I, have, I had uh, difficulties to define requirements. And we had an agreement that that, that company, that sub, sub, subcontracting company, will define the requirements. And the end result was, I would say, a bit confusing. In the end, neither of us really understood what kind of requirements we had defined. So that was one of the reasons I started really understand what, uh, what requirements mean in practice. So quite often, different people have different understanding what requirements mean. Then about, this is very a common reason that uh, uh, requirements engineering provide good foundation for the software and uh, product development. I already mentioned about the testing. And this is the last one. <coughs> Petri will show you what does it mean if you if the mistake in requirements can pass through design, testing, and quite often the whole system is already in use in customer and user organization, what it means if those mistakes are found by users and customers. They are really expensive. Uh, this is something that uh, when we interviewed our industrial partners, software engineer, product development engineers, product managers, project managers. <coughs> and if you compare this list with the previous one, it is slightly different. Many of those people, uh, uh, software engineers and and product managers, they highlighted importance of customer and user needs. So surprisingly often, it happens that we as a software engineer do our work in isolation. We do not have direct contacts to customers and users. And we assume their needs. We invent great features, and we hope that somebody will use them. 
but we don't know whether they are useful or not. That is something that uh, is, uh, I keep repeating. So customer needs are really essential part of requirements engineering. Then, what, what is often that even do you communicate, collaborate a lot, you can still have very different view. What are the objectives? What are the features the product development group or team should produce? So uh, those teams that have defined those requirements for their project together, they find it that this is something, agreement between the project team. So they really have collectively accepted objectives. And many uh, engineers find it very useful that they really understand why this system or version that these features are needed. And that uh, motivates and may, makes them committed to the project. And uh, those two last sentences uh, are the same as, as, as the previous slide. Then about requirements. <coughs> Have any of you come across these three definitions? Functional, non-functional, and con uh, requirements. Oh, good. So what, what does it mean in practice? I, I think in many cases, this, many companies focus on functional requirements. Many companies have also non-functional requirements. They can be uh, called quality attributes as well. But those, based on my, my experience and observations, these two are not that common that the, the first one. And the problem with these non-functional requirements is that it's, it's quite difficult to define these performance, reliability, and usability requirements in, in such a way that uh, they can be measured and tested. Quite often, for example, the usability requirements, especially in the past, it was defined in this way. The system must be easy to use. It must be user-friendly. And you can imagine, as a software engineer, it's not quite easy to understand, interpret what it means to make the system usable. So this is very common uh, division in literature. But what we have found out uh, in real product development projects, that there are different levels of requirements, addition those types. So there are business requirements, user requirements, and technical requirements. And the business requirements are described why the system is developed from the company's point of view. Customers may also have business requirements. So, so the difference between customers and users can be defined in the uh, following way. So the customers are persons who pay for the system. Who has the money? And users are those that operate directly with the system. Sometimes those two persons are the same ones, 
quite often they are different. But those business requirements are important and uh, surprisingly often those are not defined explicitly in practice. And I show you, highlight this shortly, that there are user needs, user requirements and technical requirements. User requirements define the system as a black box, so from the user's point of view. So visible functions, visible properties. And then you have these technical requirements that usually define high-level technical internal requirements of the system. I already partly covered that. So quite often, especially in the past, software, we as a software engineer define those technical requirements. And reason for that is that we are more familiar with technical aspects. And we need these ones for, for our work. But if we just focus on this one, we might lose the big picture. We might end up developing systems that do not satisfy real customer and user needs. Then about the good practices. Now, now I... Mm. about the requirements definition part. Instead of uh, just having a very straightforward process, the requirements uh, as, uh, in the same way as software engineering is iterative. You do it all over again. It's not possible to get requirements uh, well defined in just one loop. So those activities are overlapping. So this is very simplified uh, view of requirements definition process. But you the main point is that it's iterative. You either end up adding requirements or define, clarify the existing requirements. Then about uh, elicitation. Here are the three good practices we recommend. First of all, it's important to identify user groups. Quite often, we see users as the one big group, but often there are different small groups that have different needs. For example, I was involved in a project that was developed. Um, we developed an elevator monitoring system for uh, uh, maintenance personnel. And some of us who defined the requirements keep in, uh, had a vision of expert uh, maintenance person who has very high knowledge about elevators, even though most of the um, uh, maintenance personnel actually don't know that much about the, uh, the elevator technology. And that's why the, the system was totally different 
for those two groups. They're not totally different, but there, is a, there were a big difference with those ones. So that is something that you should keep in mind, that try to identify different users. And then this discover customer and user needs actively. We recommend interviewing and observing. And Petri will tell more about uh, these methods or the methods they are using in practice. Uh, what I like to highlight is that there are not that many companies at the moment that are using observing as their elicitation method. And that is something that if you use those ones, it, it is possible to uh, get or discover hidden needs. Quite often, we as the users have difficulties to express what we want. But if we use, for example, a system or product, and if we software engineers follow up what kind of problems they face when they are using in, in real context, that is a very good way to understand where this, uh, uh, what are the reasons why, why the uh, users use the system and product. So this is something that I, I, uh, we have now recognized that these elicitation methods, those very advanced companies are, are really focusing on, on this area. So those companies that would, to gain, would like to gain uh, competitive adva advantage, be better than their competitors, they'd really try to uh, discover hidden needs. Then about use cases, this is one of the most commonly used requirements engineering method. And I, uh, there is a template that we recommend, and Petri will tell a couple of more words, about, uh, words about use cases. So this is something that will be covered also the next, uh, the following course, software development methods. So today we don't go very deeply with this method. Then about validation. After you have defined a small set of requirements, it is recommended that you invite group of people to actually go through those requirements, to discuss and analyze them. And the persons we recommend to participate these reviews are uh, in addition to persons who have been um, defining the requirements, are product managers, testers, usability engineers, and even sometimes we have had very good experience sales personnel to give feedback. But sales person, personnel is usually persons who are really busy and you have to very carefully plan those sessions if you want to get feedback from them. And then there are the key, also the key stakeholders, software development engineers. So actually persons who will implement the software. 
or the product. And this is a very good way to transfer the knowledge about requirements. Because if you just pass the document, it's possible that nobody bothers to read it. Or if you just have them in the uh, requirements management tool, it's possible that people don't understand actually what those requirements sentences mean in practice. Then I'd like to spend some time on agile methods. What we have come across recently, that there are companies who have invested a lot in the past in requirements engineering. They had use cases, they had quite a good uh, review uh, practices, and then they decided to apply agile methods. And have you any idea what happened? Has anybody come across agile methods in practice? None. All right. So in many cases, no, actually I can't say as a researcher in many cases, but there are cases that companies have thrown away the existing practices and decided not to document requirements or do any architecture design because uh, agile methods are uh, applied in a way that documentation and systematic uh, uh, requirements work is waste of time. And this is something that um, bothers me a lot as, as I followed for several years what has happened in Finnish companies. And I, I give an example of a, about Scrum that is one of the most common, commonly applied agile method in Finnish companies at the moment. It looks like that it, it's also internationally uh, very widely applied. They highlight importance of the uh, requirements. They recommend two backlogs and uh, product backlog and sprint backlog. The problem with these backlogs is that people don't seem to understand what those backlogs should include. So actually it looks like that companies are co going back to the situation where they a couple of years earlier that what does requirement mean? They start confusing, uh, writing down all the business requirements, uh, uh, user requirements and technical requirements in the way that it's not very difficult, uh, it, it's not easy to get an overview. And then with the sprint backlog, people seem to focus very narrowly, very short-term objectives instead of understanding what, what is good for, for the customers and users. After saying this, actually warning, warning that there are risks with Agile method, I would like to highlight that there are very good principles that have made a big difference in some companies 
when we talk about requirements engineering. For example, extreme programming, they highlight customer involvement. That is something that is really important. And the, uh, ex, uh, extreme XP also highlights the importance combining requirements and testing. So early testing. And then about Scrum, it is based highly on collaboration and communication. And without that, product development projects are not successful. It's really important. And then linking requirements and project planning. Uh, if I go back. Oh. So my question is, what about all good, good practices? So after this lecture, I hope that you keep in mind that there are, in the past, uh, uh, actually in the past, many uh, companies have applied very good practices. So try to keep those ones alive and chase them with, and not just throwing them away. And here is the summary of those. We have covered them. And then I like to uh, highlight the importance of communication and collaboration. So nowadays, many companies are applying so-called cross-functional teams. And I came across with this cross-functional team first time when we did um, interviewing or cooperation Nokia mobile phones. They have six persons in their team. They were marketing personnel, usability engineers, software engineers, both hardware engineers, and also uh, 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 industrial designer. So those are very critical roles. And of course, Nokia is one of the big companies that can invest a lot in requirements engineering and cross-functional teams. But now there are also other companies over the years that they have tried to combine different knowledge by forming a group that defines requirements together. And uh, here I like to highlight um, the last part, that requirements from, from the software engineering point of view. It's very important. It forms the foundation for the rest of the. So if you jump over the requirements engineering ways, you probably face a lot of problems in the future. And then the last slide of my presentation is that <coughs> It is that the message I'd like to pass is that requirements engineering is core, is heart of, of software engineering. We also need all, all the implementation, coding, uh, designing, architectural capabilities. But in addition to that, we as a software engineer really need to know at least basics of, of requirements engineering. And 
in order to be, be able to develop good, successful, useful uh, products and systems, it's, it, it's essential to understand customer and user needs. All right. Now we will have a short break. How long? Uh, ten minutes. We're having ten minutes break, so let's continue five past. And I already warned you, so when Petri starts his presentation, please ask questions. So don't hesitate, make comments and ask questions.